You're listening to the Dungeons, Dragons, and Psychology Podcast. The stage is set, and the action is about to begin. You've figured out how to get your players invested. You've laid the foundations for your campaign. You've had your session zero and built the main characters, and you've written the introduction, and you've established the first NPCs. Now, it's time to run the first adventure of your campaign. I'm Robert Walker, author of Session Zero, the DMG to writing great campaigns in any system. And this is my show where I teach collaborative storytellers how to have more immersive campaigns using psychology. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking all about running that first adventure in your campaign. Now, unlike my typical improvisation method that I use with NPCs, I always write out my first adventure. This doesn't mean that I write out this adventure to the same detail that you're going to find in a pre-established adventure like a module or an adventure path. But it does mean that you need to have an outline of the entire adventure from start to finish. For me, an outline is usually enough for most adventures because I feel comfortable improvising NPCs and interactions and story elements. But if this level of improvisation is not a skill that is currently in your wheelhouse, I would encourage you to go into more detail as you write out your first adventure. But either way that you decide to go, my process is going to be useful and similar for you as you go forward. So even though I often just use an outline to take the characters through their first adventure, I still consider this to be one of the most important pieces of writing in the campaign. This adventure sets the precedent for your players about what to expect from the rest of your adventures. If you're using any house rules, it gives them the opportunity to become familiar with them. If you're incorporating puzzles, they will get a chance to experience your puzzle format in a relatively low-stakes environment. It's your first chance to showcase the flavor of your game as the party branches out from their humble origins. Now let's talk about how it's done. As you develop your first adventure and your subsequent ones, there are a few goals that you want to achieve by the end of it. First, you need an effective plot hook that will draw players into the adventure. Next, the adventure should break the routine of what has become comfortable or the downtime. Then, it needs to offer the party a new experience that moves them along the path towards the ultimate problem that you've already identified. You should usually follow the three-part story arc as you do this. And finally, every player needs the opportunity to shine in the spotlight. Now, on our last episode, I gave you some example of plot hooks that you might want to use uh, for your adventure, or you might want to come up with a new one. But the best plot hooks are ones that your players simply can't let pass them by. It's an opportunity too good to pass up. So in order to achieve this sort of a hook, it's helpful to know what goals the player's characters are trying to accomplish. If the hook appeals to the character's intended direction, then they're unlikely to pass up on the plot hook. This is one of the reasons why it's so important to build character backstories with your players. If you have a character who has a goal of traveling the world, then an adventure hook that takes them out and away from their starting location is going to automatically appeal to them. If, on the other hand, you have a character who is questing for knowledge, then a plot hook that uncovers a first-hound account of an ancient battle and might hold some clue to the resting place of a fallen king's treasure could be right up their alley. If 
both of these characters in your campaign, then setting the search for that lost knowledge outside the starting location will give them both an opportunity to advance along the lines of their character's goals. And another way to make the plot hook irresistible is to make it personal for the characters. This can be done by incorporating other elements of their backstories, like friends and family members, NPCs that they know in the world, or by making the rewards of the adventure something that's easily understandable. This can be as simple as sending the party out to help individuals from their backstories in some way, like tracking down a specific ingredient for a local healer uh, that they happen to know, or uh, they need to have that potion to uh, heal someone in their family, or an illness that's spreading through the village that they care greatly about. Uh, Or if your characters are simply motivated by rewards, then just offer them a juicy reward like a fat coin purse or a cool magical item. But in my experience, treasure is one of the least motivating plot hooks. Players tend to be more motivated by story points and accomplishing goals that actually mean something to their characters. So let's move on to breaking their routine. A lot of players have their characters take actions that are meant to bring chaos into the game in order to break up monotony. We talked about this uh, early on when we were identifying the, the reasons that players come to the game. They sometimes want an exceptional life that they don't get to live in real life. So you don't want to have them spend their whole session doing mundane tasks that they do uh, day to day anyways. So you can supersede this by making your adventures that will preempt their desire to take this responsibility into their own hands. When something becomes routine, we start to feel bored. This is why new jobs are very exciting at first, but they eventually become boring. Role-playing games are no different. In order to keep it exciting, we need to continuously give our players a new experience. It can't be the same old dungeon delve routine that they've already done in the last two adventures. Otherwise, the adventurers themselves will become boring to your players. And once that happens, then they're just not going to be engaged in your game anymore. So just like your NPCs have an infinite ways of making them dynamic, your adventures have an infinite number of ways to be unique, so don't allow yourself to get corralled into the familiar dungeon crawls filled with the same routine monster fights and traps. Instead, create something that breaks the routine not just of your game, but of role-playing games in general. And one way that you can do this is to set the adventure in a location that's unique and unfamiliar to the players. So, instead of searching through a dungeon, Send them to the bottom of a ravine with a maze of natural corridors and the risk of flash flooding if rain happens to start. Or instead of sending them into another typical haunted house, have them make their way into a town that seems normal by day, but at night the entire community is revealed to be the living dead. Give your players something that is new and breaks their role-playing routine that they've become accustomed to. That will instantly make your adventure more memorable than all those cookie-cutter adventures they've done in the past. Something that we've talked about on this show several times, and I'll talk about again right now, is that like most well-known stories, your adventure will probably want to follow the three-act story model. This model is tried and true when it comes to role-playing adventures, and it's a model I tend to stick to about 95% of the time. The three-act story is broken up into three parts. The setup, the confrontation, and the resolution. 
So during the setup for an adventure, you will have your plot hook and the beginning of the adventure. This can be gathering information or venturing out uh, and getting to the location where the adventure is going to take place. Your second act will feature your obstacles and your subplots, and if you have a plot twist, it will likely happen near the end of this act. The second act is also a great place for a big encounter or a difficult crisis that the party has to overcome. And your final act should include a period of descending action followed by the climax. The climax can be a boss fight or a very difficult series of skill challenges or uh, big riddles or puzzles or just solving the mystery. And then after your climax, you'll wrap up the adventure. This is where you can distribute your character rewards and plot points to further the campaign. It's also likely the time where uh, if your characters gained enough experience, they're going to level up. Just a quick side note about leveling up. One thing that I always like to do is I don't like leveling up to happen during the session, or I suppose rather I should say during the adventure. What I like to happen is for leveling up to take place at the conclusion of an adventure when the party has time to reflect on the abilities that they've learned. So it's basically like they're having that rest period where they're acquiring new skills from everything that they've been through. But enough on that. This is the way that I typically write my outlines for a story. It's key to the three-act models, and I write a few sentences about what I intend each act of the adventure to look like. This makes following your outline line directly up with a tested and effective model for telling a story. And if you're just going to outline, then this is exactly the best way to do it, is just know what those three points are, describe them in a few short sentences, and then you'll have something that you can follow along with and make sure that even as you're improvising, you're still following that three-act structure. So the last recommendation I was suggesting was that in your adventure, you need to have every character have their moment to shine. And more than that, this should be a requirement of your adventure. And what I mean here is you need to incorporate elements and challenges into the adventure that will, re, that will require the unique skill set of each of your characters. So make sure that at least one small victory in the adventure belongs to each character. When you do this and the adventure concludes, the party will realize that they needed each other and every one of them had to be there for them to be successful. This is a necessity that draws the party together with the feeling that only as a group are they wholly capable of completing an adventure. This sort of planning can keep situations like party splintering from happening in later adventures. Now, in order to accomplish this feat, you have to plan ahead and you have to know what each of your characters are capable of. This is the sort of planning that's much easier at low levels when the number of abilities is more limited. But if you keep yourself abreast of your characters as they change, you will be able to continue this process as the game progresses. But how do you actually do this? Well, first, you need to look over your character sheets and make notes of what skill each character has that no other character does. So if skills alone don't give you an exclusive ability for each character, compare things like attack bonuses or special qualities. For example, if you have only one character with dark vision, you could have a room that has no light and extinguishes any light brought into it. Inside that room, there might be a puzzle that requires sight to solve. Uh, character languages are another place where character decisions can lead to exclusivity. But I promise you, if you dig around through their character sheets and their build, 
you will find something that makes each character completely unique so that they are the only ones that can solve a piece of a puzzle or be the sole route to completing a particular task during the course of your adventure. I cannot stress enough how useful this technique is, especially when you implement it in your first few adventures. So many DMs make the mistake of not designing their stories so that the party needs each other, and then games fall apart as they become a one-character story or they suffer from, somebody suffers from main character syndrome. But if, this, if the characters are enmeshed with one another, and if they believe from the very beginning that they need to rely on each other to be successful, then you will create really strong party cohesion. And we've talked about that a lot on this show. If you want your story to last, if you want your story to be memorable, you need to have a cohesive party. Let's move on to tricks of the trade. I am all about using whatever tools are available to make the task of being a DM easier on anyone who's in that role, because there's a lot to do. There's a lot to think about. There's a lot to manage, and it can be a very difficult task. I, tri- I tend to excel at doing things like improvisation or thinking on the spot, but not all DMs have the same skill set as I, and I realize that. So for yourself, I would suggest find whatever tools make the task easier and simple for you. And today I want to focus on a really new tool that I've been testing and implementing into my games just in the last few months, and that is using uh, AI generation. So for example, ChatGPT is a really cool tool that's out there. And while some people are upset about AI tools and things like this that exist, I think that everything has its place and a fantasy world where you might need a quick idea. It's a great place to get a quick idea for something. Even if you don't use it exactly, just asking for a prompt for a story, it's really good at that task. So, for example, today I'm going to give you some unique plot hooks for a fantasy adventure that I asked ChatGPT to uh, produce for me. And I thought they were pretty cool. It came up some with some ones that I've never thought of myself. So the first idea that it came up with is the players are hired by a wealthy merchant to transport a rare and valuable artifact through a dangerous and treacherous mountain pass. But unbeknownst to the players, the artifact is cursed and attracts the attention of powerful malevolent spirits who wish to possess the item. So kind of a cool uh, one there that I've never used. Next, the players are approached by a mysterious and enigmatic figure who offers them a large sum of money to retrieve an artifact from a long-abandoned temple deep in the jungle. However, the temple is guarded by ancient traps and deadly guardians, and the artifact turns out to be far more dangerous than anyone realized. Again, sounds like a perfectly written adventure plot, and I would definitely have a lot of fun running through that. Uh, The last one I want to use, I think this one's really cool, is uh, the players are hired by a group of dwarves to explore a long-abandoned mine deep in the mountains. As they delve deeper into the mine, they discover that it is infested with a new and deadly breed of monster that is immune to conventional weapons. The source of the monster's power is a strange and ancient crystal, 
and the players must find a way to destroy it before the monsters can overrun the surface world. I really like that idea because it could involve a lot of stealth and subterfuge, hiding from these monsters rather than engaging them in typical combat. So it sort of spins the traditional go clear out a den of monsters thieves on its head, and instead you're hiding from all the monsters trying to destroy an item in order to uh, save the day rather than just fighting a bunch of creatures. So that could be a fun and unique way of doing a dungeon delve. That was just three that I asked it to generate, and I didn't shuffle or do anything else. I just literally asked, give me three ideas for a fantasy adventure uh, plot hook. And it came up with those. And so if you are struggling to come up with any ideas or you're suffering from writer's block when it comes to writing your first adventure, go ahead and use whatever tools are out there. Don't be afraid of something just because people are saying, oh, it's going to, you know, take writers out of business. Well, nobody, you're probably not paying anybody to write your adventure hooks or your adventure stories. So there's no harm, in my opinion, of utilizing a tool that is available and might help you craft something that is really unique and fun. Utilize whatever tools are effective for you. Maybe you hate them and you're great at writing adventures. Great. That's fine. Do whatever you wish. But I'm just saying, if you're struggling, I found this to be a pretty cool tool lately. I've used it to create ideas for NPCs. I've used it to generate town descriptions on the fly rooms in a haunted house as the players entered it and they wanted to go on an adventure that I didn't have planned. I was able to just plug in a quick sentence and say, hey, give me a description of a room that has, you know, this sort of scary ambience to it. And then it produces an entire room description for you that you can throw right into your story and not have to be like what some of us find ourselves doing if they get to an adventure part that they weren't ready for and calling the adventure for the day because they don't have anything prepped. This can be a quick way of being prepped on the fly, and I love things like that. So anyways, that is my, that is my argument in favor of using things like AI generation for role-playing games. I think it is a fun way to keep the story moving and give you new ideas. But with that, let's check out our knowledge check. Today's knowledge check comes from the Arcane Library blog, and it is titled How to Write a D&D Adventure, The Complete Guide. Now, this is a really cool article. It walks you through seven steps for how to write an adventure that you're going to publish, possibly on like DMs Guild or one of the other forums uh, where you can publish adventures and even get paid for them. I'm going to give you the seven steps that they outline, and we might talk a little bit about a couple of them. Uh, the first one that they give is to develop an adventure idea that is good enough to write. So you need to come up with something that's going to be enjoyable to play and people would want to purchase or would want to download and play. And they have this really cool adventure generator in the article which lets you roll 3d20 to come up with uh, an adventure. And some of them would be obviously a little absurd depending on the roles, but I decided to roll through one, and what I had was uh, defeat the demon who is blackmailing the Baron, which that's a pretty great little adventure idea right there. So if you want to have another source of ideas for adventures or plot hooks, just check out the article. The link will be in the uh, show notes, and you can check out that adventure generator. It's pretty cool. The second idea is to come up with killer hooks plot hooks these are 
exactly what I was talking about earlier. And if you follow the steps I outlined earlier in the story about making the plot hooks mean something and be irresistible to the players, then they're going to want to follow that adventure path. So the next one, step three, is to outline the steps of the adventure as if you were playing it. So if you are going to be writing an adventure for other people to play, you have to think through it as though you were a player. Whenever I've tried to write these things, what I always do is I actually have my players play the adventure. I have a more like an adventure path that I've been working on, a very large adventure that I've been working on. And we've gone through and we've played it. Some some pieces of it we've played multiple times because it didn't work quite right the first time that I played through it. And I wanted to modify the story hooks. I wanted to modify the puzzle pieces. So things like that might be a useful tool, not just if you were playing it, but maybe actually play it. Uh, The next idea they have is design a great map. And I think that's very important. You want to have a really cool setting, a really cool piece that the players are going to be able to interact with, either in a virtual tabletop that has really nice art that they can put up and follow through on your uh, on your grid or on your hex map or whatever it is you happen to be using. Or if it's just right out of the book, if you're publishing an actual book copy adventure, make sure that the artwork and the map in it is nice to look at and is going to be appealing when they see it. Next, you need to turn your outline into DM-friendly writing. So we talked a lot about an outline earlier in this episode, and like I said, usually when I'm running an adventure, I just go on an outline. But if you're going to be running a published adventure, those outline notes need to be fleshed out. They need to be complete enough that if someone were to read it, it almost reads like a story, not just bullet points for you to follow along with. Next, you need to lay out the document so that it's reader-friendly and add art. So art is a great way to sell a piece of an adventure because it is we see things with our eyes first, right? We consume with our eyes first. So if something looks really cool, I mean, there's always that adage of you don't judge a book by its cover, but the cover is what's going to typically draw your attention. So get some good art in there. And the last one is to include the right legal stuff at the end. For example, if you're using the Creative Commons license or using the Open Gaming license or the forthcoming Orc license, make sure you have whatever legal jargon needs to be in your adventures so that you don't have any sort of blowback or legal troubles down the road as you start to make profits off of this adventure. So if you want more information, I would highly recommend that you check out this blog post. It goes into much greater detail about each of these points and gives you a walkthrough of basically how to do all of those things. So the link is in the show notes. Check it out. If you don't have a way to get to the show note link, uh, the website is thearcanelibrary.com. That's all one words. And again, the name of the blog post is How to Write a D&D Adventure, The Complete Guide. Very good information there. As always, please, if you like this episode, give us a rating or a review. I do want to let you all know about a pretty exciting uh, interview that we have coming up here in the next few weeks. I'm going to be recording in two weeks with the illustrious Sean K. Reynolds, a game designer who has been involved in many of the role-playing worlds that you are probably familiar with. And we're going to be talking in a couple of weeks. So you probably by uh, mid-May will have that episode out and available to you. And we're going to be talking about 
uh, developing your own setting for your campaign. So think of like Greyhawk or the Forgotten Realms or uh, Galorian developing a setting for which your uh, homebrew games can take, can take place in and be in your own world, your own setting. It's really a fun thing to do. Is something I really enjoy doing when I have the time. And this is going to be a great interview because he's been involved with so many of these worlds that you're familiar with. So I cannot wait to pick his brain on this topic. But as always, jump on Instagram and give us a follow. You can also find a, a link to our link tree on Instagram. There's also one in the show notes. And until next time, we'll see you next session.